Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I am your host, William Spicer. Spicer, it's been a long time, my friend. How are you? Oh, I am doing okay. Just (laughs) making it through. Well, it has been probably about six months, maybe, since we've last recorded. Uh, A lot has changed in the world, in football, in our league, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so where should should we start on this this, uh, start of the big catch-up? Yeah, so I think, you know, for all of our listeners out there, just... uh, Bear with us. We're, we're going to, you know, kind of shake the rust off, but we're also going to dive into some pretty important content here. So uh, enjoy the ride. This will probably take us a few episodes to to get us ready for uh, this coming year. But let's just kind of start off. Let's go back to the NFL draft. Um, and it may be a little fuzzy in people's memories, but just to see if any major, you know, things strike you, anything about you fantasy related or or your team or anything like that um let's see i'm going i'm going back through um just check sort of taking stock again of of what all happened um i think nothing i don't i don't remember i remember this draft being pretty chalky like i don't think any fan base was like oh our team just took some crazy people except maybe the raiders they took a bunch of wide receivers again yeah i think yeah it was um pretty predictable I i think once the 49ers decided to take trey lance then things kind of shook out pretty much how people thought i guess the biggest kind of surprise was Justin Fields going to the Bears with that trade. Uh, that was kind of when the excitement really ramped up, I think, for me, just as far as fantasy and uh, real implications go, because I'm excited about him uh, in the league. And then, of course, um, the Patriots get Mac Jones, which just seems right to me. Um, yes, indeed. It does seem right, except it is weird for the Patriots to take someone in the first round. Uh, a quarterback in the first round I feel like that's not normally their their go-to thing yeah they uh, I don't remember I guess I don't know when they took Garoppolo but he was probably their last like a really high quarterback selection but I don't think he went in the first round um so yeah it'll be interesting to see if what Belichick can do with him um the Colts I was happy with their first round pick Quiddy Pay, uh defensive end from your Michigan Wolverines. Um, I know we talked a lot off the air, you know, kind of during the draft about the Titans draft. Where did you end up thinking about them after oh, it was all said and done? Totally fine. Like, so for the Titans, they're, it's very weird because it's the first time I, I really thought like, oh yeah, we don't, we don't have to go out and draft offense ever. Mm. And so, um, I was very happy with going for like a secondary player in like the the first round, um, and then just like trying to round out. Like, pretty sure we got wide receiver in the, like the third round, or yeah, I can't remember exactly where the because we went tackle second, which is good because we let go of people so I, w- I was quite happy but the titans were more it was more about the trades and the yes. off season relative to the other teams same for the colts exactly yeah two huge trades um that we'll get get into with both of those teams yeah, i think uh the or the titans took des Fit- fitzpatrick uh <laughs> early in the fourth round um that was the wide receiver pick and i remember like everyone was kind of wondering if they might even take someone in the first or something or in the second potentially. Uh, but obviously that need got filled later with, with Julio. So um, I think, like you said, it was pretty, pretty chalky and really it was kind of weird on draft night. Once like Trevor Lawrence was picked and Zach Wilson was picked, like everyone kind of knew those were going to happen and it just felt, you know, Oh, this is what we've known for months. So uh, it kind of took away some of the excitement of a number one overall pick. 
I would say that, but also I, at this point in our cycle, it's having the, the chalky pick is so nice because whenever you have a team descent, it feels like a huge, like seismic earthquake. So I, that just That's didn't true. happen. Like when, when, uh, oh my gosh, this is a little story time. Have I told you the story of when the giants drafted, uh, Doug Jones? No. I was I, we had just, we were on I was on a plane to New York during the draft and so it was a bunch of Giants fans and <laughs> that plane was an absolute it was disheveled when it landed <laughs> like everyone was standing up like what the are we doing what are we doing That's uh, amazing. I love disappointed fans on draft day. It's just it's a a great like it's just part of the whole, the whole draft experience. Um I, I don't remember if I feel like this year there were there weren't too many fan bases that were like utterly disappointed with their first round picks, um, especially since the top like six or or eight guys were just like so good. Um, I think people will be upset if Justin Fields it turns out really good. Like the fact that the um, Broncos and Panthers passed on him could come back to haunt people later on, but um, I don't think it was crazy in the draft that he he fell. Um, a lot of talk about Kyle Pitts, you know, going forth to Atlanta. Never would really imagine a tight end going that high. Yeah, apparently he seems to be like the the man. Like people just think he's the best wide receiver in the draft, kind of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to monitor, uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk about him again once we go through our our first round here in a bit in our draft. Um, so one thing I think we should talk about before we go to our league specifically is probably honestly two of the biggest moves throughout the NFL happened in the AFC South with uh, the Colts getting Carson Wentz and the Titans getting Julio Jones. So um, I'll start real quick on, on Carson Wentz. I'm very excited about him. Uh, I was pretty pumped when that trade happened. I think it was a good price and you know, it's definitely a risk obviously like he struggled last year, but who's to say how much of that struggle was on him. We talked about him a lot <laughs> on this podcast, actually. <clears throat> and he, you know, got awarded the bust of the year for fantasy. So, there, you know, there's some expectations there. But I think finally having a really good offensive line and the Colts, you know, have a great offense. So I'm excited about it. Indeed, as you should. I think Carson Wentz will be just fine at the Colts. Much, much better fit than I think Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful that we got him for a year and that he had more success than, you know, I would have thought. So that that was cool. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw the Julio trade? Because there was lots of rumors building up to it that it was going to happen. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah, so I know that I was on record for saying if they give, I think there was talk at first of a first or second round pick for him. Mm-hmm. I think, and I was like, no way, no way. And so after I, so when I saw it, the first thing I did was I was like, okay, I wonder what we gave up for him. Like whenever I saw we gave up and I just sat there and I was like, John Robinson did it. I, he was, I'm like, that is like the absolute top where like, if I was a real person, I'd be like, man, it is tough to not say that it's right on the edge of being like, all right, fair enough. Um, so especially cause I think there's a condition about, something in that trade so or no we got us we got another pick back in a different round yeah we got like julio enough in a six for a or a fourth for a third and a six or something like that uh 2022 second and a 2023 fourth for julio and a 2023 sixth okay yeah so you're like i think it's yeah it's right at the top end of where i would accept um but i'll get into a, a prediction a hot take later mm. on about Julio and oh. a, a player on my fantasy team. Okay. Very interesting. Um, but I, yeah, it'll be but fun. Uh, I was just going to say, I do think if Julio has anything left in the tank, that offense should be extremely fun to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as like, I hate to admit this, they were already fun to watch before. And so even even if it falls apart after a few games due to injury or if, if he does, you know, have a 
steeper decline or something in talent. Even the first few games, it will just be impossible not to watch every moment of their offense and be excited. Oh yeah. Um, I personally was was sad about the trade because I love Julio. Like, he's always been one of my favorite players to watch just because he's so good and just kind of dominates when he's on the field. Um, I think I think the trade makes a lot of sense for the Titans. I do see the risk, obviously, and you know it could definitely be a like a foot and mouth kind of situation if he were to fall off a cliff. Uh, like a second round pick is no joke. But um, I was surprised by. I really haven't paid attention to Titans fans like you know across the board or outside of our friend group, but it seemed like several people were downplaying the idea or or like oh he's old or whatever. And I I kind of saw that narrative a lot with Julio as a fantasy asset even last year um, in in a, my other league more so than ours. But people just thinking like oh he's thirty two like he's old. And I I do think there's a there's like this danger of you know, especially in the fantasy world, people see like certain numbers attached to a position and it just automatically means like that that player's bad. But I always feel like it doesn't apply to like the great some of the greatest athletes of all time. Like Julio is one of the best receivers ever. Like I feel like and his he's just a huge dude. Like I feel like he can play well past that, you know, death age. Yeah, it's like the the Larry Fitzgerald syndrome. Like that's what I was just looking mm. at. He's thirty seven, but he was a, he was giving you good fantasy production years until, at, I mean, decent up until what two years ago, thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, he just kind of adjusted his you know what he did on the field as he got older. Yeah, and and I want to say that so Julio's at thirty one, thirty two. So it's very possible for him to have three more seasons of like pretty good production. Yeah, I I think you will honestly, and I think, um, yeah, you know the Titans aren't going to throw it as much as the Falcons did, but maybe that is good for him. You know, as he gets older, he's he's had some injuries, but uh, I think he's one of the the players that hasn't been injured as much as people actually think. Like he may like always be questionable, but he will play, <laughs> or like he might maybe he's missed one or two games every year, but like he's he's around other otherwise and you know when he's on the field you have to play him <laughs> yes 100 percent. and and i do think that um one of the things that's going to help with julio this this year is if the titans defense is better i was thinking about this like they never got turnovers or even got people off the field like <laughs> they didn't stop people on third downs and stuff so i'd love to see if the titans actually got the ball one or two more possessions a game (laughs) like what kind of offense they have right like yeah and they didn't do as much probably on the defense as you know as necessary like it was not gonna just be solved with a couple draft picks uh and but we'll see i mean maybe they just get better with the personnel and stuff like that too we did make the trade for bud dupree and uh yes i i I'm also also sad about that because I love Bud Dupree, one of one of the better Kentucky NFL players uh, on the Titans. But hey, whatever. If he if he gets a chance to shine, that's good for him. Um, but yeah, it, so it'll be interesting. I think the AFC South, uh, depending on what happens with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, uh, could be one of the more exciting divisions this year. Oh yeah. All right. Well. Um, I don't really care to talk too much more about the NFL draft because we can really talk about it by proxy of going through our league's draft. So I know last year what we did was we kind of walked through at least the first round uh, as far as kind of pick by pick and then kind of looked at each team as a whole. Um, And something that I did not do or we didn't talk about doing was like giving everyone a grade, but maybe we could just kind of do it on the fly and see. Uh, It might lead to more hot takes and, and bad takes later on. So that could be entertaining. Oh yeah. Um, well, let's see. Do you want to just start out by? I mean, is this going to be just like the the real NFL draft, like giving the boring take about Noah and Trevor Lawrence? Oh yeah, Noah and Trevor Lawrence saw it from a mile away. Got to do it. Still think it's good. Yeah, that you know, you got to do it, and no surprise there. Everyone knew what was happening. The big surprise was Aaron taking Kyle Pitts, and there was 
there was just rumors swirling everywhere uh, through Twitter from fake Adam Schefter. I think a lot of them actually weren't even coming from Aaron, or maybe they were. <laughs> Smoke screens everywhere. Uh, I was genuinely surprised by this pick. Really? Okay. So, why, why were you surprised? Let me ask. Let me let me hear this first. So, before the draft, his quarterbacks were Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Gardner Minshew, and he ended up trading for another one during the draft, which we'll get to, but. With all the stuff about Deshaun Watson and Dak's injury and Minshew clearly being replaced, you know, he had made a lot of other trades going into the draft that positioned him to like be tanking and future focused. Um, but, you know, he's also in the weird spot because he also has, you know, two amazing running backs on his team that are going to keep him competing um, and a few interesting wide receivers as well. But, it just seemed like with so many quarterbacks in this draft, he could have had his pick between Lance and Fields, and I just thought he would do that, but he didn't. Yeah, well, and I think this is the, the tight end premium coming in, right? Like, if you take any projection that people make on what Kyle Pitts is and add his half point per reception, his early first season projections are extremely good yeah that's fair and i think uh i think he maybe even said something like this but it it also you have to think about i guess noah also had the third pick and since he already got his quarterback uh, he and he also has kyler murray and jared goff it would have been pretty shocking you know if he would have taken another quarterback so it wasn't like if aaron wanted to try to target kyle pitts that he could have traded back to like the fourth spot, for example, to try to get a little extra out of that pick. Um, he kind of had to take him at two. And I think Noah maybe even said he was going to take Kyle Pitts at three. Um, so, you know, that's a big part of this as well. And I, the thing for me is that I think Kyle Pitts at 1.2 is at the absolute height of what he'll probably ever be in his career, potentially trade value wise. Um, Cause I try to think of like a, you know, Travis Kelsey or um, Greg Kittle, you know, maybe if they're that high, I don't know if you trade the 1.2 pick for them, but I don't know. Maybe you do. Yeah, I don't. It's hard. I think it's one of those things where this is, this is the tough thing with the tight end position, just in general, the, 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 the replacement value, like your above Mm -hmm. replacement value, like Kyle Pitts, may be one of the only people to compete with that Kelsey Kittle Waller tier. Yeah. And and yeah, that's the thing is you're basically you're you're almost banking on that happening by are you you know you he has to get to that tier in order for this to be worth it. But um it won't just be Aaron that would be upset or screwed if he doesn't make it there. So, you know, the Falcons and everybody else seems to believe that he will. So, we'll see. Um, Najee Harris went third to, to Noah. Um, any thoughts there? No, um, it, that's who I would have gone with too. Just, just mostly out of a diversification of team assets. Like didn't need really need wide receivers. So look like was looking for running back. So it was just Travis or Najee and, uh, it it still seems like Urban Meyer is playing some sort of ridiculous game with <laughs> Etienne about what what he's going to do. I I just saw on the draft page like uh, Urban Meyer is going to use him like Percy Harvin, and I was just like, oh my god, is it two thousand and eight again? <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> the Urban Meyer stuff is either going to somehow work or it's going to be a horrible disaster. <laughs> Oh yes, I'll be talking more about my <laughs> my my well, a lot of my decisions I've made recently on sports based on my belief that evil will win and the narrative will win and Urban Meyer will see a lot of success. Unfortunately, oh, I hope that's not true. Tim Tebow will become the MVP of the NFL, the comeback player of the year. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, Najee, I think, was a great pick here. Uh, makes a lot of sense for Noah's team. 
Um, next up, we had Colton, who desperately needed a quarterback as well, and he chose Lance <laughs> over Fields and Wilson. So uh, what do you think about taking the 49ers quarterback there? Yeah, so this one is, uh, like, if it was anyone but Colton picking there, I would have thought it's weird, but the fact that he already has Jimmy G, it's, it's and Trey Lance is still, like, an interesting quarterback prospect to take. It, it almost feels like a safer one because now you're like, oh, I at least have a handcuff for someone I already have. It, like it, the the framing of what he expects from Trey Lance is much different. And so um, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I thought this was a good pick. Uh, I think I would have taken Lance in the same position. Um, I was pretty torn between Lance and Fields uh, after I saw Fields go to Chicago. Before that, I was... I probably had Lance a good bit above Fields just personally. But yeah, I think it makes sense for Colton's team, especially because if you look at his roster and kind of what he did last year, he made a lot of moves to kind of set himself up as a really young team. And a lot of people think that Lance may, you know, take a year or two to develop or may not even, you know, play for the first year. So uh, this kind of allows him to develop with the Pit Kings. And, you know, in a couple of years, they could be a, a powerhouse. Agreed. Let's see. Next up, uh, Wyatt with the fifth overall pick, uh, and the rich get richer. Justin Fields joins the the most stacked quarterback room in the league, in my opinion. He does, but he do, he's coming in knowing that Tom Brady cannot play forever, and so that team knows that they're going to have to at least have some something in the uh, down in the workshop working up. Um, so, and I think Justin Fields is good. I, I obviously like Zach Wilson a lot better, but that's, but a lot of that is because of, he's just going to be starting right now. Uh, why does not need that? He needs in a a season or two. Yeah, it really is perfect. Um, I just remember like hate watching this, this pick, like, as it was getting closer and closer because there's there was already so little like uh, there were so little holes on on Wyatt's team that he was going to get, you know, one of the top rookies and I was just going to be you know, jealous and mad. Uh and it's crazy that Fields, you know, fell to him cuz when I was initially making predictions, like I said, I thought Aaron would pick a quarterback I knew Colton would, so I thought Wyatt would either be forced to take Zach uh Wilson or that he would inherit you know, Kyle Pitts or somebody like that. So, you know, we, uh, it is interesting. You know, I thought since he would get Kyle Pitts that he would then have a ton of tight ends, ended up trading one, or I guess his top rated one. So we'll, we'll come back to his team in a little bit as well. But yeah, uh, man, they're just crazy. Well, talk about, oh no, you didn't have that pick. Uh, Rob had your pick and the first receiver, Jamar Chase. Great pick, Rob. Best on the board. Go get him. Yeah. A lot of people had Jamar Chase, you know, as like potentially the the best option in the draft uh, as far as just at their position grade. So this was easily the, the probably the easiest pick anyone made was getting that because the top six guys are really the top seven, maybe depending on how you ranked Zach Wilson were pretty were kind of like a tier of their own and so Rob just kind of got to sit back and like take the one that was left over like not lose any sleep yeah exactly and and yeah hopefully Joe Burrow keeps doing his thing doesn't get injured this year he has some offensive line help now gonna have Joe Mixon like uh I think Jamar Chase is in a good situation being a rookie quarterback with the second year our rookie wide receiver with the second year quarterback, I feel like you have a much higher chance of just jumping right in because that quarterback doesn't have a bunch of uh, predetermined things that they've figured out, like who they like and what routes and stuff like they can figure it out together. I think there's a high chance that he does really well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they will be exciting to watch if Joe Burrow is healthy and can return to, to form. I think um, we'll, we'll probably talk about this at a later episode once we look towards the future of kind of ranking everybody. 
Um, but I think the touchdown Abbey will have one of the quicker rebounds if if some of their young players have success uh, versus some of the other teams that were at the bottom and, and trying to look towards the future. Um, just the, looking at the makeup of his team, I think this is a really, really solid pick. Same. All right, next up we have the Marley Magic selected Travis Etienne, second running back off the board from Jacksonville. You, you already talked a little bit about his usage with uh, the Percy Harvin comments. Yeah, so I and I talked to Ryan about this pick pre-draft, and we had sort of pl- plotted out like, yeah, this is probably what's going to happen. You're going to have Travis or one of or whichever quarterback of the f- like four big ones of Lance Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, at, like to pick here, and it's it's tough because you want. <laughs> I think every I think if you're there and you're in Ryan's situation, you really want Najee there. Just mm-hmm. because of the Jacksonville already has running backs in, so it, it was weird for them to even take one. So who so who knows? But it could work out where he just be, really is like utility gets. You know he he's a running back wide receiver combo. So maybe he gets seven rushes, but he also has like four or five receptions every game. Like he's getting used all over the place. I think he can be really useful there. So. Um, more of a development and we'll still see what happens with James Robinson and how the backfield sorts itself out. Yeah. Yeah. This was an interesting pick cause you know, I was mentioning that, you know, there being like a clear top like seven or, or so and Ryan was just kind of outside that. So my personal board, like I would have had Zach Wilson ending the seven and then kind of a drop off there. Um, I don't. I'm not as crazy about ETN as a lot of people, but I definitely see like he definitely has the potential to be, you know, huge like you know RB one type of guy depending on how all that Jacksonville stuff works out. But it was kind of interesting looking at Ryan's roster. Like clearly, running back was the biggest need, um, and yet he was still able to, you know, make the playoffs last year with a very very decimated running back core. So. Um, you know, if things kind of go similarly to last year and he has a big first year, he could still kind of be on that bubble of uh, competing while also having a, a young team. So um, I think the pick makes sense. I don't, like I said, I don't like the player as much, but I think Ryan did well there. All right. Now it's your time to shine. You got to take the smiling Mormon, Zach Wilson. Oh, yes. Talk My to us about boy. it. Oh, yeah. So that was. I was at a Mapco gas station filling up and I had a trade come across from Brady for this pick um, originally. Yes. And so I, so I went and checked it and I was like, and it was just Gibson for the first round pick, which for me, I was, I was having to think like, I love Antonio Gibson. I loved being involved in the football team offense, like having mm-hmm. that football team stock. But I was also like, I took him in the third round. And so, like, I would, in my draft capital calculus, I'd be like, okay, this would, this would still be good. I got one year out, and I'm going to get a first-round pick for him. And I also, but then once I saw he had Chase Edmonds, because I have James Conner, so that's my big, mm. that was sort of like my big question mark. So when I could get Chase Edmonds back, it guaranteed my third running back spot, in a way. It, like, handcuffed slash, like, however it shakes out another running back, I was like, okay, because I decided that if Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones get hurt, like the team falls apart anyways. So mm. <laughs> there's, I, I don't want, I'd rather go ahead and start planning for the quarterback situation because I'm just not a big, like, like Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen? Uh, yeah. Like Jamison taste of the whole new Orleans quarterback situation, you know, the Jalen hurt situation. I have a lot of quarterbacks who seem to have high potential, but I I also think they could be done <laughs> in fairly short order. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. I was initially surprised because of how many quarterbacks you had, but once I analyzed it, I, I saw kind of where you were thinking um, because there are so many question marks. You know, like <laughs> you you may have the deepest quarterback room but every single one of them is like a 
just a huge risk. Like we don't know if Carson Wentz will ever get back to his, you know, high level of playing. Jalen Hurts don't know if that's a fluke or if he can keep it up. You know, Jordan Love will he ever get to play for the Packers? Like there's so many questions there. So I definitely see that uh, thinking there. As far as that trade goes, um, you know, we may circle back to it or we could kind of just talk about it now. I think. It's interesting to know that at first you just got offered the pick for Gibson because I think I wouldn't have taken that either. Like, I think Gibson's really exciting and he's good. Like, he's definitely worth... If that would have been an earlier first, I think maybe you could you could have taken it. Like, if you had gotten one of the next quarterbacks up, uh, I think that would have been fair. But getting um, Chase Edmonds with it, like, mm, yeah, that's great. Definitely worth it. it. Yeah, and I think too. I was I I, I still tell, tell myself like I know everyone else loves Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Zach Wilson was the second overall pick. Like, yeah, and it, so that was the other thing is I was just like, yeah, I'll jump on this. Also, I think the Jets are not are going to be much better this year. Yeah, I I think they will. Um, and it may take another year to see the like, the fantasy results of that for Zach Wilson, but uh, they seem to be making a lot of smart and safe like hires and and picks and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, it, it could work out. And I think this will be an interesting trade to watch like as far as just down the line, like telling the story of the league. Because if Zach Wilson does pan out, then honestly giving up a you know, a running back for him, I mean, <laughs> that could be huge. That is like the longevity of quarterbacks out, you know, Gibson might be in the league, what, like four or five more years. So it could be a steal for you in the long run in the long run. Indeed. All right. All right. So. Next, Jalen Waddle. Uh, back to Noah as he gets, uh, you know, the second best receiver to go with his top ranked quarterback and running back, and he could pretty much now field a, a team of rookies that would that would do some damage. But uh, he gets the one of the two highly rated Alabama guys here. Yep, and he gets the one who goes to gets goes back home with Tua. Yeah, that was a fun aspect of the draft. We we didn't talk about so many reunions. Oh, yes, so many. And so, yeah, great pick. So, yeah, I think this is a good one. I was torn personally between Waddle and Devontae Smith, like if, who would I, I would have liked better. Um, but I, I think I'm excited more about Waddle with Tua than I am Smith with Jalen Hurts. So, uh, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> he got them both. But uh, in between those picks, in this run of Alabama players, we had three straight with Katie uh, trading up. Or no, did she already have this pick? I can't remember. She had this pick. This was her pick, yeah. Uh, getting Mac Jones to pair with Cam Newton. Yep, yeah, similar to Colton. Safe, nice backup. Not expecting much out of Mac Jones, most like more than likely. Just waiting on Cam to to move on out got herbert still so doing fine yeah and this makes a lot of sense you know for her too in that you know her team is aging especially in the quarterback room but then you know she had gotten herbert and now she has jones so she's kind of set up to where she could have a seamless transition uh at least at, at the quarterback position once some of her skill players age out that she's already got these two young quarterbacks that could kind of maybe even hold her over from not having to you know have 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 too bad of a turnaround as far as tanking goes and everything like that so i think it makes sense i kind of like mac jones a little bit like if i had had that pick for her like i would have been excited to get him at 10 um because it fits need and you know i don't think it's that crazy to take him 10th overall yeah i would say that that is correct. I still, it's tough if with Devonte Smith sitting there. That's the only thing that would have kept me from maybe grabbing him. Like those picks get flip flopped in my head a lot. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And then I I don't remember her receivers are not bad. Um, she made a trade for Tyler Boyd to help out with that some too. So maybe that makes her you know feel a little bit better. But yeah, she just needs Juju to kind of get back to form and and she'll be she'll be set so um well that's kind of the first round uh i guess right now do you want to we can kind of just go through and if you know any really big things or, or interesting things stick out we can go over those and then try to grade these yeah so 
next up is um oh my gosh i cannot remember his name the the guy for denver the running javante williams yeah um aaron getting him in two at two two i think is very good for aaron um and i was really hoping that he would fall to me in that in the second round but didn't make it yeah i think he has started creeping up pretty high in rookie rankings and honestly like this is where you see the kind of the craziness of having a 10 team league instead of a 12 um because he probably i mean Devonte smith being a second round pick is crazy that's you know one thing but williams probably would have been the other guy that would have gone in the first round and instead the the two guys that picked first and second get them uh in the second round so um yeah that's that's a pretty big deal i think for me honestly the biggest surprise i'll try to spice it up here a little bit of the second round in general was you taking uh chuba hubbard um just because i i think that was a a pretty big reach i know it ended up there being some like trades and untrades and uh, I don't even remember which team he ended up on, but I remember being disappointed in you uh, in that pick. Oh yeah. So I, I picked him because, so I picked him because I was like, I honestly think it's very possible. Christian McCaffrey just goes down the injury rabbit hole. Um, but I was also like, but I also think I, if I need to, I could just trade Aaron f- for this. And I got Tim Patrick and Anthony Schwartz. Mm hmm. In, in that trade, and Anthony Schwartz was someone who I really wanted in that fourth round when Aaron picked him, and Tim Patrick was one that I'm like, let me hop on Broncos in case of Aaron Rodgers hmm. moving kind of deal. So, and I, I really need, yeah, I, I also just was like, I don't really love, Rondale Moore was maybe the only one that I thought like I would like to get there other than Chuba, I was just, I really wanted Elijah Moore. I wanted yeah. to go Marshall Moore on that, in that region. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could see that there being a, a little bit of a drop off for you there, especially if you wanted to get a running back. I think most places had, or that I've seen in, in my other two drafts too, like Michael Carter was taken uh, pretty far ahead of, of actually of both Hubbard and Gainwell. Um, but you and Aaron were both kind of high on those guys individually. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, I didn't really like the pick. But And then, so the other weird thing is, I think with that trade for the player, I think it's a, fi- a pretty good trade for you. But, like, if I was imagining, like, like I would never trade Rondo Moore for those two players because I just view him way higher. But I, also, I just love Rondo Moore because he's hilarious. Yes, which is fair. Um, but Wyatt has mentioned specifically that this run of three, the Trey Sermon, Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore, he thinks is like, for him, he's that's like the the round of the draft that he's thought the most about. Like, I feel like, uh, same with, uh, is it Aquaminius St. Brown? Or, uh, Amon uh, Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra, yeah. Yeah, his brother. Uh, so... Uh, that that whole stretch was tough because another thing was I think one of the reasons I didn't have Carter is because I thought I was going to be getting more in that spot. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, too much Jet stock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I already have Zach Wilson. I don't need any more. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that's fair. I could see that. Uh, yeah, you definitely want to be careful, especially with that team. It's just like I don't want all of this offense when like yeah, I think it's going to be good, but I don't want to have all of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that stretch is really interesting because I think, and we, we can talk about Colton's pick of Amon Ross St. Brown whenever we talk about, uh, cause he actually traded into that pick. Um, and so I, I do want to get to that. Uh, that may not even be this episode, but, um, I would have taken Sermon Marshall and, and more, uh, above him, but he is going to the lions where he could be the top guy depending on how quickly he develops. So, um, it is a good spot. Just he was taken in the fourth round, and some of those other guys were taken higher in the real real draft. Yes, and and Colton has some serious Detroit Lions stock already. Yes, he does. 
Um, so yeah, we talked about some other picks there. Uh, let's see, we didn't see another quarterback taken until the third round when Brady took Kyle Trask. Uh, did you have a favorite of any of those like mid to late round quarterbacks? Oh, Mond, for sure. Yeah. I was surprised how far he fell, and of course he went to Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great pick. And I, if I hadn't of traded, gotten Zach Wilson, I think I probably would have taken him in the third round, where Nico yeah. Collins was taken. I think that would have made sense. I think in my my other league that has the same or used to have the same settings as us before we changed some stuff. I want to say, let's see, I'm pulling it up right now. He was taken pretty early. He was taken uh, at pick 3.5. So um, he fell all the way to, was it the end of the fourth? 4.10. Yeah, in our round. So um, the other one might have been a bit of a reach as well as this one being a fall. The the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle on him. But, uh, you know, you have Kirk Cousins and maybe you're a bit worried about him. So Mond could could develop into a starter in a couple of years. I picked right before Mond and took Tylen Wallace. Just the the Ravens receivers are confusing to me. Um but I liked Tylen Wallace and I kind of he was a person I wanted before knowing where he went and I was like not too excited about taking him there, but I'd already taken Davis Mills so I didn't want to take Kellen Mond there too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Let's see anything else sticks out. Uh Oh. Did you have any other picks that were? I loved my favorite pick of the draft was Nico Collins at three nine. That was like I know that I would have taken Mon probably in other situations, but that he I'm pretty sure he was a COVID sit out from 2019 for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Or like he didn't play he last did. season. Yeah, he he opted out, and so he fell. And I know the Texans aren't going to be good, but <laughs> like they got to throw the ball to somebody, and. Brandon Cooks is like it. Yeah. Old man Randall Cobb. Yeah, old man Randall Cobb. <laughs> Gotta love him. But yeah, no, that makes sense. And he had kind of just flew under the radar for me, probably because of the COVID thing, just like for real teams and the rest of the draft. Like I wasn't really thinking about him. Um, if he had been there, I picked right after that pick. I wouldn't have taken him. I kind of, I was trying to trade up actually for several picks before the one I did to get Davis Mills. Um, potentially Nico's <laughs> quarterback, depending on what happens uh, with Deshaun. But yeah, no, I think that's a good one. Um, I really liked Brady getting 2-2 Atwell in the middle of the fourth. Um, he's a weird you know, player, similar it, like to Rondell in that he's like tiny, but he's even tinier. Like he's super skinny. Rondell's like, you know, jacked. Um but he was taken in the second round of the NFL draft, and he just has been completely ignored in the fantasy world. Yeah, I think it's the the five nine one hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, but he went to the Rams, you know, and they always seem to have exciting things. I mean, Sean McVay can can do interesting stuff on offense, so it could work out. I don't know. Yeah, for sure, and Stafford there. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We didn't even talk about that. The Goff and Stafford exchange is going to be very interesting. I love Matt Stafford, so I hope he gets to have like a really good run in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be great, too. Um, let's see. One of the probably better picks in the draft, and the one that was also very like surprising, was that no one remembered Tyrod Taylor, and Katie picked him in the rookie draft at the 5.10 pick, which could matter, honestly. Yeah, and I really wanted to take him, but if I took another quarterback, I can't, I can't, I don't have the roster <laughs> space. So on to all of yeah, you are, the, the quarterback room is very crowded uh, for the, the Bruce Matthews. But yeah, that could really save her, you know, especially since she has so many questionables like the New England role and then Roethlisberger and potentially his last season. So, I mean, and Tyrod may not, who knows what will happen in Houston. We, we just don't know, but uh, it could be a big deal. And she got him for basically for free. Um, let's see. 
I was so also Noah picked Pat Fryermuth, uh, which I thought was a good value because he got him in like the early third round, and that could be huge. Yes, I, I, yeah, I have no idea what to do with Pittsburgh right now. On that team yeah uh it'll be interesting because i mean i would expect them to still be successful with um ben roethlisberger for however long he's going to be there but this really could be the end and then you've got those skill position guys all those young receivers uh my guy deontay johnson then you got this new tight end and Najee harris so we'll see what happens but maybe they can get a not terrible quarterback to take over after they're done yeah. All right. Well, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, do you want to try to walk through every team and somehow assign a letter grade to them to end us out? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to have... So letter grade for Noah. A, Aaron, I would give B, like B plus A minus. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I'm I'm not on my computer where you can like highlight to see every team's pick, so I'm like trying to remember who all we picked. Um, actually, well, should do you want to do that? Like, you give all your grades and then I give all mine, or do one team at a time and both give our grades? Yeah, I think I'll. I think we could probably do, should probably do them together. Okay, so yeah, Noah, I think. Honestly, I would give him A plus because even though he had the easy pick and he had so many, I don't think he missed on any of them. <laughs> um, so he didn't make any stupid decisions. So uh, even though some of it was luck of guys like falling to him, like when they fell, he took them. So A plus. Aaron, I'm gonna give a. I'll I'll actually go B. B just regular B uh, because the Kenneth Gainwell. Thing. I, I don't like him, but I know that. I mean, it could work out. I guess there's just so many running backs in Philadelphia. I don't know that, but that's the like one that sticks out to me as why I, I bump it to a B. That that makes sense. Um, next up, we have touchdown to Abby and Rob, and I give I give Rob a. So I think I'd give him a B plus, and this is more about asset utilization like he had all he had was a first a third a fourth and a fifth and it's very possible he got like a wide receiver one and maybe like a starting running back so with that few of picks did fine so i i'm gonna give him an a um i would almost say a plus but i think similar to you there's there's not a lot to go on but i think not panicking and doing anything weird with his pick and getting jamar chase is huge taking michael carter i think was really a really good idea for him because that's potentially you know probably the third or fourth no that's that's too high you know the fourth or fifth best running back in the class and but the receivers at that point had started to like hit that tier break so i think that was a good pick for him uh, and Dwayne Eskridge is a very interesting player because that dude is like already 24 years old, but he's a rookie. Uh, and I don't know what his career will be like, but once Tyler Lockett goes, if Russell Wilson stays around, that could be a steal. Yeah. So I'll give him an A. Nice. Next up, we have Pit Colton Kings. and the Pick Kings. Um, Only two picks, so... <laughs> Uh, I kind of I think I'll give C plus. Ooh, talk it's, about that. Well, so Trey Lance, in a, as a first round pick, you're t- picking like a handcuff, right? So it's not there's nothing wrong with that, but it is, uh, maybe maybe B minus. But Trey, Trey Lance is not going to be starting for you this year. He's not going to be giving you any points, but you had to use him on your first round pick. So that's always tough, especially this is where you could say like, well, if you have Zach Wilson there, you know, but it's like a team oriented one. Right. And then his, his other pick was a Monra and 
that this is where we're in that section of the draft that we were talking about. That's such a toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really all he had to do. So I think that's what's tough. It's like I, with a, with the second round pick. Yeah. Well, I will uh, further the heat. I, I tried to act surprised, but I'm actually going to give him a D plus, and it's because I, I so I did do some note taking before we started on the trades, which we'll not get to this episode. But um, Colton traded Boston Scott, who's garbage dumb in the trash, doesn't matter, and three thirds for that pick. Now, if he had traded up there and like taken Trey Sermon or Terrence Marshall or Elijah Moore. I don't, I think I could have like seen it. Um, but I wonder if this could be a reach. Like I think Amon Ross St. Brown hit a pretty huge jump in value because of his landing spot. Whereas like he was a fourth round pick by the Lions. So like a lot of other receivers went before him. And with Colton's team, the way it is like young and, you know, future oriented I would much rather have had so if you look at those three picks he traded it turned out to be Kadarius Tony Amari Rogers and Kyle Trask who Brady he took all three of those uh I would rather potentially even have Kadarius Tony or Amari Rogers over Amon Ra anyways like straight up just wide receiver for wide receiver but that depth would have been much better in my opinion so that's a long-winded way to say D plus all right, on to Huck Fan and the Winter Faces. Mm. Um, gonna give, gonna give an A. Mostly, it's like he had good first picks, but then getting Mond in the late, like at the end of the fourth, just some pretty, like nothing too crazy. Also, he, I think Wyatt might have had one of the toughest, like the way that picks fell. Like he got caught on the tier cutoff a lot of times. Like, <clears throat> like his third round pick is right after yep. like Kadarius Tony and all the those sort of folks come off, and so he has to make the first pick of the next run, kind of. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually, so I'm gonna give him an an A. Maybe, and it's very close, teetering on A+. I'm actually going to amend, I think I said A+, for Noah. If I did, I, I subtract that back down to A, because I just saw he took Elijah Mitchell in the middle of the third. Uh, I think that was a reach, considering Trey Sermon was also a, <laughs> went to San Francisco. Um, anyways, so with that being said, I think Wyatt's draft closely rivals hit, uh, Noah's in like, decision making not in in player value but but yeah Kyle or uh Kellen Mond huge pickup late and Ramon Ramondre Stevenson the Patriots guy he could be a kind of a sneaky running back value late in the fourth too all right how do you grade yourself oh I give myself a c plus wow not very kind to yourself yeah, mostly I I still am like the the Chuba Hubbard. I was like, oh yeah, definitely reach. But when I traded him, I felt much better about it. So yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I get. That's so. fair. I think honestly, that's probably about the same. I would give you C, uh, just because like I already said, I don't like Hubbard. Uh, I think Zach Wilson at that eight spot is is great value. Could be. Could be huge. And we could look back at that and be like, man, he got, you know, the second best quarterback in this class at the eighth pick. So um, it has potential to be fixed. But yeah, I think I think that's fair. All right. The Marley Magic is up next. Marley Magic? I I give straight B. Clean B. Mm-hmm. Um, what it, what's taking away from the ETN and Elijah Moore picks for you? Oh, the the uh, you you could make the argument that you could have gone Waddle like best player available instead of Etienne there. I think 
Um, like I think that he that um, for his, but it's another one of those for his team probably mm-hmm. the right move, but a bummer because also Javante Williams, you could argue could also have gone there depending on what you think about the Jags. So it's more of a landing spot question mark. Yeah. I mean, like the the four people he he drafted are the Jaguars, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Broncos, which were not all. They're not necessarily uh, strong teams. The best teams. That's fair. Yeah, I would have had a very hard time if I was Ryan and had his team like at at that pick because I personally didn't want Etienne. But like you said, it's like it was so obvious that he needed a running back. It was almost like he was forced to. Um, some people are just stubborn and they're like, oh no, like I don't care what my team needs. Like I'm taking the best player. So either way, like I kind of respect it. Um, but yeah, I think I would go B plus, A minus, because I, I, maybe A minus I think would be more fair because um, I think he did well. Can we talk for one second about the ridiculous hype that Sleeper is like, it's like I don't know if the guy that controls the notifications of Sleeper like owns Elijah Moore in every dynasty league, but that dude is like pushing out a notification every time Elijah Moore like breathes in properly. <laughs> have you noticed that? No, I have not. It has been ridiculous. I'm sure that someone listening to this that has on the same notifications as I do like can confirm, but it's every day it seems like oh Elijah Moore caught amazing pass from Zach Wilson in practice Elijah Moore looking like star receiver uh, <laughs> it's just been really funny and I have him in my other league so I'm not complaining but uh, yeah he's like now you would not be able to get him at that pick uh, in drafts he's just really shot up because of all the hype yes and also speaking of sleeper notifications anyone else notice that every quarterback is looking good at throwing the long ball down the field (laughs) oh my gosh when did we notice that it was so funny i can't remember exactly i think aaron saw it at first but it was we were sitting at at aaron's house in real life yes and we started clicking every single one on the same within like 24 hours someone put out a note that they were practicing or or looking good at the long ball gotta love off-season nfl Gotta love it. All right. Three more to go. We got the God Kings up next. Oh, I give Brady an A. Because he only had third, fourth, and fifth round picks. I think he managed to get uh, some really good players with Tony and Rodgers. And then, uh, like you were talking about with Tutu Atwell, like taking a flyer in the fourth like that on someone who's like undersized makes sense he traded for got antonio gibson <gasps> oh sorry everyone <laughs> it sounded like you were scared <laughs> um so like he gets antonio gibson so like let's imagine if he would have also had zach wilson in the first or something like he would have had a great draft so that's yeah. what i'm giving him i think that's fair i give him a a minus uh i think the trade with colton really boosts him up for me um giving up that second to move back and get some depth uh with those two receivers and kyle trask uh and then taking that flyer on tutu is is really good he took a guy in the fifth i don't even i've never even heard of jared dokes um he was like the seventh round pick by the dolphins they do have a pretty dicey running back situation so maybe that's what he was thinking just Use those fifths for, you know, dart throws. Yes. All right. Next up is me. Okay. You get, for me, it's it's tough because you don't pick until almost the third round. Yeah. So I give you a B plus just because of, uh, so Rondale Moore sneaking in there is great. And David Mills. Um, the only one is the, the Tylen Wallace. This is only because I don't know if Lamar Jackson can throw the football anymore. <laughs> I've like lost <laughs> kind of faith in him being able to do that. So it's it's more of a landing spot. Yeah, that's fair. At, at that pick, like the only two players left that I had any interest in at all were him and Kellen Mond. Like if you scroll through the fifth round, I don't really care for a single one of the names on there, except for Tyrod, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, who I forgot was in the draft, but. Um, all that being said, I was really happy to get Rondell at that. And I think that's a pretty good value. I would give myself a B plus as well, just because it could turn out that 
the I traded uh to get Davis Mills. I traded what was it like four fifths or something? No, three fifths and Kylan Hill, um, which was a pick in this draft to Katie to get that. Um, and I mean the fifths could be worthless, but maybe it would have made sense for me to keep all those dart throws. I don't know, but I'm, I was just thinking like if Deshaun really does get bounced, then maybe this guy has a chance to be the quarterback. So B plus. And then lastly, we have Katie, the champion matriarchs, the champions. And I'm going to give, I think I'm going to go B minus. Hmm. Maybe, maybe C plus. Mostly, you know, it's the same deal with the pit king. Like Mac Jones is backup, but you have to because of your team. And so Tyrod is her highest value pick, obviously in like fifth mm-hmm. round. Um. But again, with Rashad Bateman, it's a landing spot issue mm. for me again yeah and it's part of that that stretch of players through the middle of the second round yeah that's fair I, Bateman was one of those guys that was uh one of the higher rated receivers and everyone was excited to see where he went and then he went to Baltimore and it was just like oh you gotta be kidding me um so if that works out th- then that could be a steal because I think if he had gone to another team he would have been taken or like mentioned in the rankings with Waddle and Smith, like if it had been a good landing spot, potentially even like above them, because he is a more typical receiver body. Like he's not one of the tiny slot guys like they are. Um, but he, he had the whole sit out due to COVID and all that stuff. But anyways, all that being said, I'm going to give her an A uh, because I like Mac Jones and because the way that she got Bateman was by trading away Derek Carr to Aaron uh, and I thought that was a, a good trade on her part, honestly, because I don't like Derek Carr. So, yeah, I wish she would have. I mean, if it, the only my only issue is she should have milked Aaron for more. I totally agree. I uh, yeah. I have some very strong thoughts about she, that. She she sister in lawed it. Yeah, for for my boy. <laughs> yeah, kidding, I, I was but. I was so mad that day. Uh, I was like, <laughs> you could. I, he was desperate. I was like, Aaron can't play this game. Right. <laughs> he was very desperate. I think it was a it was a fair, if not like weighted in her favor trade, but I was still I was I was like, oh man, don't play with him. I know. But oh well. It's okay. Um but yeah, so that I've I feel like we were pretty generous there. I was pretty mean to Colton, but outside of that, we gave we gave some pretty high grades. Yes. I don't remember any of them, so if you're if you're upset with your grade, then uh, I I may not even be able to defend it. So, good luck. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, well, Spicer, the clock has has struck midnight, and I think it's time to call it a wraps on this welcome back episode. I'm so glad that we're here, and we have so much more to talk about in the coming weeks. Yes, get uh, get ready to hear about all the trades that have happened. All 17 of them coming straight to your ears via this podcast. Lots uh, of we, trades. We have some, let's see, we have some rules. We're going to go back over all the stuff that, all the rule changes that we've made and mm, yes, uh, refresh everyone. And then we're going to do our our way too early predictions for the season. Oh yeah, that, how we fare. that really got us going last year. So can't wait to get back into that. All right. Well, that's all I have. Uh, Spicer, anything else to close us out here? Um, One last thing. There are, as recording this, I believe about 11 weeks left until the start of the NFL season, Mm. NFL kickoff or so. And so if you'll notice, I'll be adding one player every Monday to my roster to fill out that bar. So be on the lookout as my team gets ready, prepared through the summer for kickoff. Wow. Wait, how is that possible? What are you talking about? So if you look at my roster right now, I had Tim Tebow starting and Jamal Williams. Uh, 
Uh -oh. Randall Cobb. So I'm, I'm slowly adding in one real player onto the team. I'm giving them a little rest. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. All right, everyone. Well, uh, we will see you here shortly. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, see you later. Brought to you by Magiano Productions. Productions.